Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Epiphany, friends. The 12 days of Christmas are over, so you are now allowed to put up your Christmas decorations, okay? And if you don't do it tonight, you have to wait until Candle Mass, which is February 2nd. So it's your choice if you want to be a real Christian. Um, this is when we put away our Christmas stuff. Just kidding. Epiphany celebrated all over the world. In almost every Christian tradition, we chalk doors, we bless homes, we take cold plunges like the Russians, and we eat king's cake. I tried to convince Dean Katie that we ought to do a, a cold plunge together and put it on social media, but she wanted nothing to do with that. Um, so epiphany is a Greek word that literally means manifestation. And this marks the feast of the manifestation of God incarnate in Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. So we retell the story of the Magi's visit to the Christ child in Bethlehem. It's a story of welcome, hospitality, fear, subversion, and awe. And I want you to hold on to, in this story, what the Magi did when they saw the light of Christ in the sky. First of all, they were most likely astrologers and mystics, not kings. So they were paying attention to the signs of the cosmos in their daily lives. They were watching and waiting, think Advent here, for God to move in some way. So their attention pays off. They see the cosmos move with the light, and they immediately leave the comfort of their homes and seek to encounter the new king. They go out of their way to visit him, pay him homage, and welcome him to their region. They brought him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and tradition teaches that the gold represents Christ's kingship, and it was the currency of the Roman-occupied world at the time. The frankincense represents worship, as you're smelling around us today. Worship of the new king, which was common in temple worship. And the myrrh, which is a burial spice to represent the foreshadowing of what was to come for Christ to suffer and die. So keep holding on to what the Magi did when they heard about Christ. As we now turn to the reality that the king, this new king, was poor. The holy family, like many families during the Roman Empire, were dirt poor. They lacked resources and they were beholden to the emperor's oppressive taxes and authority. And this is why I think Herod thought it would be an easy task to eliminate the new king rather quickly so as not to disrupt his power and his authority. And it's fitting then that throughout the gospel stories, Jesus grows up in this poor context and then preaches about caring for the poor constantly. What you do for the least of these, you do for me. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. I could 
go on. Thus, I think it's fair to say that the epiphany story is one of subversive hospitality and of great prophetic witness to the gospel message to come that God's kingdom isn't made from the top of society, but rather the bottom. The lowly are to be lifted up through the Christ child, and the God of the cosmos isn't interested in human concepts of power and prestige, but rather living and having a relationship with us, being with us, among us and in us as one of us. An example of what equality looks like through relationship. The famous liberation theologian Gustavo Gutierrez says that Matthew's gospel represents a theology from the underside of history. I would agree. God chooses to be among us, manifested in our midst from the bottom of society. And I can think of no story more subversive than the story of God coming to us from a poor family and in great vulnerability as to willingly experience a human life as a child needing the milk from his mother's breast, needing to be held, to be rocked, needing to sleep, to eat. Our God needs us, in other words, to make God manifest in our world, friends. So how do we answer the call of the bright light of Christ, the glory of the Lord that has risen upon us? How can we be hospitable to Christ among us like the Magi did? I know y'all know I can give a great example of how we did this recently. On the Monday before Christmas, for those of you who didn't know, we received a call, Katie and I, from the city and some community representatives, and they were calling churches all around downtown, trying to find a place that would be a pop-up over, overflow shelter for the coming cold front, because the shelters around the city cannot house everyone on the street. So when it gets below zero, can welcome folks. So within 24 hours, your clergy and your vestry said yes. And you, St. Paul's, you made it happen. More than 50 of you gave your time, talents, and treasures and helped us welcome, you helped us love, and you helped us care for Christ among us in the form of 65 friends from the street for five days. You gave dignity. You gave nourishment and hospitality to the least of these. That's where Christ is, friends. You served Christ this Christmas by doing what the Magi did. Like the Magi, you paid attention to what God was up to in the cosmos, making himself manifest in the needs of our city. You recognized God in the poor and the marginalized you left the comfort of your life for a time, and you met God, where God was, on the streets, with his poor friends, and gave him gifts, and welcomed him by doing this in homage. See, the light of Christ is always among us. Our job as Christians is to be little Christs, to make Christ manifest among us. Because God cannot do God's work without us. 
We are an instrumental part of the salvation of the world. And that means we have to do something. This is the point of our faith, of our liturgy, of our community, to be active participants in the life of God and Christ in the world right here and right now. So during the season of Epiphany, as we lead up to Lent, consider how you might be an Epiphany of Christ in your context. Not for your boasting or your ego or for your own power. In fact, just the opposite. How can you humble yourself? How can you make yourself poor in spirit so you might love like Christ did for the least of these, for everyone's liberation? Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory